welcome to the Love and the Fight Marriage Podcast. We are so glad that you have tuned in. So thank you for listening. Uh, I'm pumped to hang out with each and every one of you. But you know what? I'm not alone. I'm here with my wife and my co-host, Dawn. Hey, everyone. We are sitting here in our studio on our day off, enjoying the sunshine. And we've already done a couple interesting things just this morning. And to to some people, maybe they're like, oh, that's kind of weird. But to us, they're interesting. It's fun. Yes. (laughs) We woke up this morning and we jumped in our car when we realized as we were driving away, one of our neighbors down the road was having this massive garage sale, like tents and like down their driveway. And they had this big sign. Every single thing in the driveway was 25 cents. And who doesn't want to dig through their neighbor's junk, right? (laughs) And it's funny because he actually asked us, he's like, so do you guys live around here? We're like, yeah, we just live down the road. Like three doors yeah. down, but a quarter. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Like, why doesn't he just give it away for free, 25 cents, but super fun to look through his stuff. We actually bought a couple of toys and just some stuff that we probably didn't need, but we spent a whole 75 cents there. I think so we, we did. We but broke a dollar yeah. bill. After that, we went to a discount store and it's just kind of a fun store to look at. It's these random things that are for some reason marked very reasonably. Yeah, they're so affordable, but apparently we're not alone in wanting to go to this discount store. I mean, there's like every time we go there, I think about a hundred people in line there is. waiting we wait. for the doors yep. to open. Well, today the bargain that I found that I was excited to find was this cup and it's a Stanley cup. I don't know if you've even seen people carry around these big insulated cups, Travis. They say I Stanley. Have, yeah. I feel like that's kind of a blast from the past. Isn't that a brand it from when we were younger? It feels like it. Yes, but <laughs> it keeps everything cold. It does. Yep. So it's a 40 ounce cup. Amazing. And they're normally 45 to $50. For some reason, there was one on the shelf and it was marked for $9.99. And so I grabbed it, I put it in my bag, and I started, you know, continuing shopping. Well, someone saw me put it and they looked at like, where'd you find that? How much was it? And then as we went to the checkout line, I pulled it out. I'm like, look at what I found. And people are like, where did you find that cup? And they're like, how much was it? And I'm like, well, it was $9.99. So I was like the envy of the line. You for waiting were, in you line. were. And even as we were leaving, there was two gals who were like, where did you find that cup? But I'm like, it was on the shelf for $9.99. <laughs> but I came home, I washed it, I cleaned it. I'm super excited to use it. And so I have a $50 cup for a what? 10 bucks. So I don't, what is I that? know like, so cheap. Yeah. You scored a deal and I don't know why, but simple pleasures in life are just so much fun. They are. Slow morning day off, uh, being able to go and hit the garage sale yep. and then the discount store and then really just kind of lounged and hung out. Yep. And now we're recording. I and got to bake so this nice. afternoon, which was great. I mean, I love baking some chocolate chip cookies and some cappuccino brownies that we're going to bring. We're going over to someone's house tonight. So bringing some dessert, how fun is that? And I got my large Diet Mountain Dew. Oh, like, man. You, guys know you double kind of, scored. I'm kind of addicted <laughs> to Diet Mountain Dew. I try not to drink as much during the week, but today's my weekend. So I went and I grabbed one. So I've been sipping on that as well. So it's and, been a great day. And a day off would not be complete without me being able to grab my Martin guitar. And yeah, I played for, out. I think, like 45 minutes on the front porch. You were. Yeah. Was, well, again, we are so glad that you guys are here. We've had a great day, a great week. And 
and we're hoping that you've had a great week as well. Well, as many of you are aware, we just got back a little over a week ago from our family vacation in Colorado. And when I was there, I was able to go on a whitewater rafting trip. It was my son's idea. He invited me and my son-in-law to go along with them. So there's three of us guys. And, and so while we were there in Colorado, we drove, uh, I think it was about an hour and a half further up into the mountains. We got to a mountain town and that's where the outfitters were that were going to be able to get all of our equipment. And so they got us all set up. They were the ones with the guides and the rafts. And so they put us on a bus and they drove us even further up into the mountains with these rafts. And so on our way up there, uh, one of the head people over the whole kind of day's adventure that we were going to be going down this river with, he began to give us some instructions on how to you know, really just stay safe in the raft. Don't um, you just appreciate those guides that they actually know what they're doing and so they're able to give their knowledge to you guys so you could understand what you're about to take part in. Yeah, I mean, I was on the edge of my seat because I have some, you know, had some nervousness because I had never done whitewater rafting before. So he's given us these instructions and he's like, hey, here's how you stay safe while you're in the raft. And oh, by the way, it doesn't happen very often. It's kind of rare, but if you ever get thrown from the raft. Uh, Here's how you stay safe, stay alive in the water. And then he said, um, but if for some reason, and again, he stressed, it doesn't, it's kind of rare. It doesn't really happen. But he said, if for some reason you suddenly find that you're in the raft, but there's somebody else that has been thrown into the water. He said, he looked at each of us and he said, Hey, If you see a swimmer, a person that has been thrown into the water, it is your responsibility to pull them from the water. I don't know. I think that would make me a little bit nervous if I was hearing this guide tell me what to do if someone gets thrown in the water. I'd I'd instantly think, oh, no. I'm going to go overboard. I'm going to jump, you know, get in the water. It did. Uh, And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just signed up, you know, to pay to be a tourist to go down this, you know, river. But now I should get like combat pay for being able to save somebody. Yeah. Yeah, Pull them out. I'm like, isn't that your job? You're the guide, you know? And he, he just looked at us and he said, look, your guides can't pull everybody out. If they're closest to you, it's your job to pull the swimmer out. So we got to the top of the mountain. We put eight rafts in there. Now, the cool thing was the guy that was overseeing the day's adventure, the all eight uh, of the actual uh, rafts that were going down the river, he ended up being our guide and our raft. Yeah, it was so cool. I would have wanted him in my boat too. (laughs) It was great because he's the most experienced guy and man, loads and loads of wisdom. Uh, There were three guys that we didn't know on the right side that would, you know, have oars and they would paddle. There were three of us guys on the left side. I was in the front. My son was uh, immediately behind me and then my son-in-law was behind him. And, And, you know, this Dom, but he had a GoPro high-def video camera on his helmet. Which was so cool. It was amazing. Wow. And so we've got like, I think an hour and a half, two hours of footage of us going down this 
crazy raging river. And it's so fun. You let us watch that when you guys got back as you were telling the stories, like how fun, how cool, like you got to verbalize it. And we actually physically got to see with our eyes what you guys had just gone through. I know, made it even better, told the story and you watched it. Well, the guide was behind my son-in-law and we started going down this river. Now this is the Arkansas River. And of course it's in the mountains of Colorado and there's a thousand foot uh, rock wall on our right and a thousand foot rock wall on our left. Beautiful, man. Looking Incredible. At the Phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. It's called the Royal Gorge and they call it Royal because it's 1100 feet up on both wow. sides. Now they, they kind of rate, um, different, uh, rapids. And so they say, uh, a level five or class five rapid, you know, that you take a raft down. That's one where somebody actually was at one point able to get down it without dying. Wow. So that gives you an I idea want to ever do a level five of ever. how crazy. Yeah. yeah. How crazy it is to go down there. Now, fortunately we weren't doing level fives, but we were doing a bunch of level fours and then a whole bunch of level threes over, I think about a two hour, a whitewater rafting trip down again, the Arkansas river. So we got going and our guide was behind us. And again, there were three on the right and three on the left. And we were starting to paddle. He taught us how to paddle correctly. I mean, it was how you didn't flip your raft and how you stayed safe. Uh, so we got going, went through a couple level threes, and then we hit our first level four rapids. And he warned us, he said, it's about to get really crazy. And sure enough, it did. Our raft went up and down. We were taking on water. I'm thinking, how are we going to get out of this? Finally, we punched through it. We got to the other side. And that's when I turned around to smile at my son nervously. And he was gone. <laughs> he wasn't in the boat. He had been thrown from the raft in the middle of the level four rapids, the first one. And now, fortunately, when he had been thrown, he grabbed, there was a rope that dangled on the side of the raft. He grabbed it and then he was able to pull himself up to the raft. And then we got him back in. But the man, guy sitting next to him on the right side was jacked and literally just kind of grabbed him and pulled him in. It was yes. crazy to see on the video. But so he wasn't out of the raft for a long time. But I'm sure it startled him. <laughs> I bet it did. It was great to have Incredible Hulk in there to rip him out of the water back into the raft. So then we hit a couple more level threes. But after those, you our guys were guide, getting pretty good. You, you could tell you knew what you were doing at that point. We got better and better. Yeah, we were working as a team. And then we came up to the next level four. And it was right away. Now, bear in mind that these rapids all have names. And so most of these level four rapids were like bone crusher or boat eater or you know there's just the wall they should, they should do a better job naming them like you know lily or flower or sun to make you feel a little bit more encouraged yeah, going yeah, down these exactly. why such harsh names well it's funny you say that because the first one was called sunshine and oh, we lost my son oh, no. or our oh, no. son out of the out of the raft so that we're like okay what now does we're typhoon gonna typhoon look like if that's right. what sunshine looks like now we're gonna hit some bad ones so we went to go hit the next level four and our guy I'd warned us that there would actually be two in a row. We'd hit it and then there would be like a couple second break and then we'd hit another level four. So he's like, hang on for dear life. So we got into it. Sure enough, the raft is going up and down. Water's coming on. We're paddling like crazy, avoiding rocks, trying to stay alive. 
And that's when we came through that, that first level four rapid. And I noticed the raft in front of us had gotten through as well. And then they suddenly slammed up against the wall. The whole raft went up on its side. Then one edge of the raft started to curl over and four people dropped into wow. the river. Wow. As you guys are going through this oh level my. four, you see the people in front of you flying out of their boat. It was crazy. Wow. And immediately they're bobbing up and down. They're drinking water. You could tell they're crying. There were several ladies, three ladies, one guy, and they're screaming, help me, help me. It looked horrible on the video, Sheer you guys. terror in their eyes. <laughs> yeah. Sheer terror. Yeah. And so... My, our guide stands up and he's like, we have swimmers, get the swimmers. That's what they call people that are thrown from the raft. And, and immediately I was, uh, you know, kind of had a flashback to what he said in the bus, Good you know, when he, he trained you, yep, gave course. us this training that would rarely happen, yeah. that people would be thrown from the <laughs> yeah, raft. Of course it happened to you guys. Yeah. And so immediately I was like, okay, it's my responsibility to save the swimmers, to pull them out. And so I grabbed my oar, flipped it around on the other end of the oar where I was holding is a T and it's a handle. And so it works really well that I put it out. The, the person that was in the front, there were four that had fallen into the water and they're fighting the rapids. Uh, I put it out to the one in front and she reached for it multiple times, missed it. And finally, probably like the fourth time she grabbed it and I started pulling her up to the raft and we got her to the raft. And that's when the guy next to me that had been rowing, uh, all three of them, you know, had been helping us to not flip over. He helps me grab her and we had to use our whole whole bodies and we pulled her and she flew up into the raft and then she landed on top of us. And at that moment, that's when I realized, oh no, we're hitting the second set wow. of level four rapids. And I thought, how on earth are we going to make it out of this alive? Um, and, and the cool thing was, you know, again, we hit tons of, of rapids and we're up and down and tons of water is coming on. And finally we punched through that second uh, half of that level four. And I turned around and I looked and the awesome thing was, is that my son behind me had also pulled another person into the raft. And then my son-in-law, the, the gal that he pulled in looked terrified on the video. She thought she was going to die. You should have seen it. And she was actually on top of the other gentleman, almost pushing him <laughs> under the water. And I'm like, she oh was. My word, get her, get her and then get him. And, it was nuts. It was crazy. She had immediately jumped on him using him for a flotation <laughs> she device. Was. This poor guy who was injured, by the way. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> he had blown out his knee, I think cracked his ribs, hit his head. I mean, he was a mess. But my son-in-law behind my son had pulled him, him out. In, yep. So it was so cool. And that fourth person, you said there was four people. The fourth person, the raft behind you was able to get. They were. So, we missed one. Uh, yeah. And the raft behind us saved that person, pulled them. They plucked them out of the water. Now, we signed up to be tourists, and suddenly we're in a Hollywood movie saving people ourselves, not just viewing the rapids and experiencing them. And it was so cool. We finally kind of, uh, it, it got kind of mellow and calm. calm. Like yes. And we finally all gathered all the rafts together on a bank immediately after that fourth, um, you know, level four uh, rapids. And it, it was at that moment when we got up against the shore that the young lady who was 19 that I had pulled up out of the water into her raft. She looked at me, she's bawling her head off, crying, sobbing. And she looks at me and she says, thank you for saving my life. 
Thank you so much. She was petrified. She you was. You see her in the video. She was terrified. Yes. Like, I feel I can understand why she said thank you to you because you pulled her out of that horrible, the rapids, and pulled her in, pulled her to safety. We did. We did. But immediately I'm thinking, hey, I didn't save your life. I just pulled you out of the water. I just plucked you out of there. But she's like, no, you saved my life. And it was just, it was funny, but emotional. And I felt really good. I was like, oh my gosh, uh, I got my money's worth. This was wow. so worth <laughs> it. Again, one of the best experiences of my life. I think it would have been hard for me to believe that story if my son-in-law wouldn't have had his GoPro on, if he wouldn't have had it all on video. And as you were explaining this, we got to see it. I'm like, that is nuts. What you guys went through, that experience is crazy. It is so crazy. And it, yeah, I mean, it's like a Hollywood movie. The video is fabulous. So why do we tell you guys about this story, this experience? Well, it's because it's just like our lives as followers of Jesus. In fact, in the Bible, in the book of Jude, Jude is one of the coolest books of the Bible in the New Testament. Here's what it says. You know, he's been talking about all the crazy things that are going to happen near the end of the world and all the evil that people are going to get involved in. And, you know, it, it'll destroy their lives or pull them the wrong direction. And here's what he says to us who are followers of Jesus. He says, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. So he's like, hey, guys, things are going to get really bad. You're going to hit some level four, level five, class, you know, five uh, rapids, and all hell is going to break loose in the world. And he's like, but hold on a second. Build yourself up in your most holy faith and remember to keep yourself in God's love because the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ is going to bring you to eternal life. And so he says that. He wants us to encourage ourselves. And then he says these incredible words. He says, be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire and to others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. And as I got on the, the, the bus and we drove back to our car, you know, and, and was drying off and I was thinking about that experience of snatching, pulling people out of the water and helping to save them. This verse and all of our lives, it popped back in my mind as a follower of Jesus. Why? Because he says, save others by snatching them from the fire. Now, Jude isn't talking about actually pulling people out of a burning house that's on fire, pulling people out of a, a big bonfire in somebody's backyard where they've tripped and they've fallen in. It's metaphorical. The fire is pull them out of the danger that yep. they're in yep. in their life. So just like my guide said, you know, the guide in the raft, he said, hey, if someone goes into the water, it's your responsibility to save them. We wanted to remind you guys that if there are people that are in the fire, that are in the water, the churning water, and they're going under and they might, you know, eternally drift away from God or fall into deep darkness or evil. And if they're there, man, it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to pluck them from right, that danger, yep. to pluck them from that fire. I appreciate how you had a 
this example of you in the raft, taking your oar, flipping it around and pulling someone in and how that goes so well with this verse and just in life. Cause there's people all around us who are in danger or they're, they're kind of bobbing up and down and they're looking for something to grab onto. And because we have Jesus in our heart, in our life, he, we have this hope, we have this freedom that we can share with others and they can experience that to help them get out of that danger, to get out of those rough spots, to get out of the rapids that they're going through. And honestly, sometimes we just have to stop and go, okay, I'm going to turn my oar around really quick and I'm going to help pull this person in. Yeah, We don't have to do it alone at all. I mean, God gives us and equips us with everything that we need, but being aware, like if your eyes were closed, you wouldn't have seen those people, the raft flip over and them in the water. You, your eyes had to be open, but you also had to be willing to, yes. to, to put action behind, you know, what you're thinking, like I'm going to help save these people. Yeah, I I love that you're saying that, Don, because think of how many times where we've just had these brief moments of dread or hopelessness in our lives, or we've hit, you know, against a wall, whether it's physically or in a relationship or a setback in a job. And it's just a brief moment of dread, you know, kind of like going through the rapids, but not being flung from the raft. But then there are those people around us that they feel deep darkness and deep dread and deep, you know, like lostness. And if we just sit there and we're tourists and we just, you know, float down the river of life and we don't turn that oar around, like you mentioned, man, we are dropping the ball. We are shirking our responsibility. So how do we do that? How do we save the swimmers? How do we get them? Like our guide said, well, first of all, you got to identify who the swimmers are in your life. I agree and with it, that. Like you, like you, Travis, again, your eyes were just open and you saw that raft. You saw that there's four people in the water those were your swimmers at that moment. Yeah. And so part of that, what you said is just keeping your eyes open. So who are the friends that you have around you that maybe they never disclose how they're really feeling or how they're really doing in life. And they're kind of a, a buttoned up book that never gets opened. That might be a swimmer. That might be somebody, um, you know, that, that suddenly decides to commit suicide or suddenly decides to go off the deep end. Maybe it's a struggling family member, somebody that you love, you care about, you've known your whole life, but they're just struggling over and over again. The swimmers could also be people who have no one who believes in them or no one who cheers them on. Mm. We've all met people like that in our own lives or in the world around us. And a swimmer could also be those who the rest of the world have given up on. Not only do they not have somebody cheering them on, but maybe they're fully, completely isolated, all alone, and they're in total despair, total loneliness. So how do you rescue the swimmers? Travis, I think you know my personality when I feel like I see people in danger. Uh, And there's been times in my life where I have seen someone and I run towards them. If they're having a medical emergency, if someone's about to hurt them physically, or if I think something is going to happen, my personality is to run towards them, to run and help. I'm very aware of people around me, surroundings, and wanting to help. But sometimes, I like what you said, sometimes there's those people who are are just quiet. Maybe they don't disclose how they're doing. And stopping and just taking the time to, to ask and invest in people, even the quiet people or the people that are just sitting all of, alone, maybe they feel like the world has given up on them. And 
going and being their cheerleader, finding them and making sure that they have someone around them, supporting them, loving them, encouraging them. I think it's so important. There are people all around us. If we think about it, if we could just see a a spiritual picture of everyone around us, we would see that they're swimmers. I think all around us that we might not physically be able to see with our eyes, but they're there. So how do we rescue the swimmers? How do we turn the oar around and reach out to those people, those swimmers in our life, the people that are around us that may be struggling? Well, the first one is just be available. Make sure that you are available. Invest time in them. If you see or you hear or you think someone is struggling, take the time to invest in them. Show mercy. This is huge. Like if we're not empathetic, if we can't show stop and show mercy for someone, how are we ever going to help them? Yeah. And again, going back to Jude, uh, he said, save others from, you know, by snatching them from the fire. And it's interesting because right before that, he says, be merciful to those who doubt and then save them by snatching them from the fire. And the next thing he says to others, show mercy mercy. Mm, How do you save people? Be merciful, have compassion, have empathy, and be that person that cares. There's such a big difference between showing mercy or feeling the empathy, but then actually taking the action of that and doing something. So then give help, make sure it's tangible help, something that they can grab onto. That girl physically got to grab onto the oar. She knew what to grab onto that would help save her, that would pull her in the boat. And most important, pray for people. Yeah, pray. Pray, pray, pray. There's so many times on a weekend, even in our church, people will come up and they'll tell me that they're struggling with something. And you know what I do? I don't want to just say, I will pray for you. We stop right there oftentimes. And I'm like, can I pray for you right now? I just believe in the power of prayer. Yeah. And it's cool. We, we have a story after story, experience after experience of times where we have prayed and, and there's an answer or there's a miracle or something happens and it's not us. It's the living God in heaven, and it's the faith that God has given all of us to be able to put that uh, powerful tool of prayer into practice. So, hey, guys, I mean, we're just really wanting to encourage you to save the swimmers, pluck them out of the fire, the danger that they're in. Don't just be a tourist in life and go down the river and, you know, pay for your, your little entertainment. Man, get involved, turn the oar around, reach out and grab a hold of them. I know you guys are probably thinking, hey, this is a marriage podcast. What does this have to do with marriage? Honestly, it has so much to do with marriage. If you could stop and realize that you and your spouse, your marriage, you guys have a mission. And one of our missions is to help save the swimmers, to work as a team, to make sure that we're not always inward thinking. We're looking outward. We're helping people. We're doing everything that we can. We can do our part to help save those swimmers, to help bring them in. Ultimately, God is the one who actually spiritually saves them, but we are able to be a part of that process and make sure that they're at a good spot. Yeah. And honestly, when I was 17, I almost drowned to death. Somebody pulled me out of the water and now pulling that 19 year old young lady out. It's like, I knew what it was like to be saved, but now I know what it's like to save someone, to pull them out and to be a husband and wife and be pulling people out of the danger uh, of the, you know, the river, the the water of life, you know, the churning waters and into safety, man, that is such a, a fun, incredible 
experience. Right. So you guys, who are the swimmers around you? Who are the people around you that may just need that extra bit of encouragement, love, or maybe they need that oar where you can help pull them and keep your eyes open open to the world around us. All right. With that, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.